Hello and welcome. This is the LCU Podcast, a podcast that will bring stories, insights, and people from Lubbock Christian University. I'm your host, Keegan Stewart, and I'm happy to be with you for another episode. On today's episode, I had a conversation with three guys very well known to the LCU community. Professor of Old Testament and Biblical Archaeology, Dr. Jesse Long, LCU's seventh president, Scott McDowell, and endowed chair of Youth and Family Ministry, Dr. David Fraze. They are all here today to talk about a recent trip that they were all on to Israel, Jordan, and Egypt. Doctors Jesse and Joanne Long have led 14 trips to these places, what they lovingly refer to as the land of the Holy One. They intentionally combine teaching, scripture, prayer, and worship in sightseeing and devotional settings in a way that they pray creates a journey of faith. All three of these guys just got back from this trip earlier this month, and we had a conversation on what it's like. President McDowell and Dr. Fraze point to Dr. Long's amazing leadership and the way he brings this journey to life in a new way, what it means to their faith, and they even tell some fun stories to join it. Thank you for listening to the LCU Podcast. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Long, President McDowell, and Dr. Fraze. Dr. Long, you and your wife, Joanne, have, have led these trips uh, overseas, these trips to Israel uh, 14 times. Can you tell us just a little bit about how these trips got started and you guys got involved with this process? In the mid-1950s, along with a colleague of mine excavating in Jordan at the site of Kirbet Iskander, decided to lead a, a trip to... Uh, the land of the Holy One is what I like to call it. And it all went pretty well. We only had a few from LCU, but he was at McMurray University. And uh, so that planted the seed of actually planning and leading these trips for LCU. And in conversation with Joanne, of course, we've spent a lot of time in the Middle East, especially in Jordan at our, our excavation, we decided, well, let's do this, that this is something that is worthwhile. We like the idea of sharing our experiences. Uh, and uh, so we said, let's let's do it. That was uh, initially 2009. I believe it was 2010 before we actually took, took a group. But So what was the difference between that first trip to the 14th that y'all just finished? I don't. I don't know. In my old age, it's it's a little <laughs> difficult or challenging to remember those early early trips. But uh, uh, m- many things are are similar. But along the way, we've gotten a lot better in terms of thinking about the places that we visit, and then also in terms of creating an experience. For us, it's more about the experience of the. Holy Land or Land of the Holy One than it is just a tour. So, And President McDowell, you and your wife Kay were on this most recent trip, which was y'all's first. So how, how would you describe your first experience being with this LCU group led by the Longs going to oh, Israel? It was, it was remarkable. And I, I just love Jesse and Joanne. I mean, that was one of the highlights of just their servant leadership and their humility that is so genuine just comes out. 
And uh, so the whole trip was just magnificent. But I just love how he just kind of glosses over the Amman, uh, uh, the the Jordan dig that they've got a, a dig in Jordan, and that that is really a significant thing that. Uh, we've got a genuine archaeologist that is an Old Testament scholar, and to me, that was the key differentiator on this. I, it is the only trip I've ever made, but I can't imagine making a better first trip. I can't imagine making a better 14th trip <laughs> than to go with uh, Jesse and Joanne. And really, I mean, there were dynamics at play. We went, for instance, to uh, Mount Carmel or Carmel. How do you say it? Uh, either way. <laughs> I, well, I like to always wait till Jesse says the name of the biblical place because I realize my uh, Western Pennsylvania original pronunciations aren't always right. But Carmel, uh, where Elijah had the car- contest with the prophets of Baal, this magnificent place, we roll in on our bus and there's all these other buses there and we walk into the, the center and walk right up on the roof and we're the only ones on the roof. And there's all these other tours, and they're down below. They don't have near the panoramic view that we have. I mean, that's one of the most magnificent views I've ever seen in my life, 360 degrees, and you're seeing all the major landmarks in Israel from that space. And we have a conversation, and and, and uh, Jesse leads us in a devotional thought about Elijah and all the things that happened there. But other people didn't get what I would call insider kind of treatment and uh, an approach to seeing things that are the product of what Jesse likes to call the ministry of scholarship. And that is one of the most beautiful, tangible expressions about what makes LCU such a special place. The the whole idea of a Christ-centered university is to, at a very deep level, explore some of these uh, topics and subjects, and, and particularly, obviously, the land of the Holy One, and not just at a surface way, but literally to have a one of the premier experts, uh, and and her husband was with her too. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. clears throat> but uh, what a, what a joy it was to be with Jesse and Joanne. Doctor Frey, how many times have you made this the adventure over to Israel? Oh, it's my first one, and was really excited about it. Um, you know, I, I've been teaching the Bible like paid for 32 plus years and uh, on the uh, academic level for well over 11 or 12 years, you know, full time. And you talk about these places, you read the books and all that stuff. But, you know, as President McDowell said, I've always wanted to go with Jesse. And so to be able to be with Dr. Long and Joanne um, and get that insider knowledge, as President McDowell was saying. I mean, we we literally pulled off the side of the road with in on in the Valley of Elah, and uh, nobody was here. Okay, <laughs> and so we get off the bus, and I kind of knew what was happening at the Valley of Elah. That's where David and Goliath fought. But there's literally a little sign and a dirt road by a vineyard, and this tour bus turns around, and Jesse says, "Let us off here." And we just start walking out in the middle of nowhere. We heard gunshots. That's somebody was hunting doves. That's a whole different story. But we're walking, and um, I actually got to use a slingshot, almost hit the president. If he wouldn't have moved, I would have smoked him in the face. We have a video of that. Um, I think everybody was impressed. I was shocked because I didn't know I knew how to do that. And But it, like Scott was saying, we are just our group, and here's this archaeologist that we have that we call friend, but he really is a big deal. And 
he's sitting there looking, okay, the Philistines would have been over there. This is where the Israelites would have been. And then we collected stones from this riverbed. And uh, we collected a little too many because our luggage was getting too heavy. So some of us dropped off stones from the Valley of Elah up in Jordan. So that's going to really mix up some archaeologist one day. But to have that insider knowledge was awesome. Um, You know, to go to Egypt. And one of the things that was awesome is we saw all of the mummies that they've excavated. Mm. And you couldn't take pictures. I think Jesse may have smuggled one in, but this is now recorded. Um, But we walk out, (laughs) and they treat it kind of like a really like a a cemetery. It's really quiet, and you're supposed to be reverent. And um, we walk out, and Jesse says, you know, you've just seen the face of the Pharaoh that talked to Moses. And it kind of blows you away. No kidding. Yeah, you're mm. like, it has to be one or two of the guys, you know, but we spent time looking at I'm personally a Ramses guy, but you look at him and you're like, wow, this, we, we looked right in the face. And this guy, of course, he's all shriveled up now. He's a mummy, but he would have looked at Moses. Uh, those experiences are just irreplaceable. So, you know, I want to unpack some of that further, but we can't we can't gloss past this, this picture of David Frey slinging a fake stone at... LCU's president, who happens to be like six foot nine. So it's the, Jesse's idea too. This yeah, was so, all Jesse set up. We didn't even know about. So, it. Doctor Long, how did this come to be? That's a fun story. Well, <clears throat> often in a freshman Bible, we try to bring stories to life, and yeah. so it's something that uh, I've done uh, for years, bringing to life the story of David and Goliath. In fact, President McDowell's son Cade. Oh, two, three years ago, in intro to the Old Testament, was Goliath. And uh, of course, we used just. Typecast. So, anyway, you know, why not recreate this with, uh, with, with his father, another Goliath? And Dave, of course, is just. Uh, just a perfect, perfect choice. <laughs> and I had purchased a, a sling. And uh, so, anyway. It uh, all uh, worked pretty well. I think that we were all in the moment of the story, uh, bringing to life David, although David wasn't quite as accurate this Dave as in the biblical story. He was pretty accurate, though. It was a tightly wound paper ball. Right. (laughs) That was the only thing that saved me. There is actually on the video, there's video evidence that somebody offered him a rock, and I'm just glad he didn't take him up on it. Yeah, was that Bill Bill Bundy trying to bring (laughs) No, Bill Bill was like, all right, here you go. Now I'm like, no, that's... (laughs) But uh, but I'm telling you, had that been a real rock, he'd have nailed me because you <laughs> couldn't have dodged a real one. It was it was pretty accurate. Well, I've seen the video, and I'm sitting here thinking we need to get this video on one of y'all's social media yeah. so these listeners can go go watch it. That's pretty well, good. Kate didn't duck. <laughs> he I took actually one for the team. Yeah, he took one for the team. <laughs> you know, I I would have felt really bad because here's one of the cool things of this trip. Um, I, we have a lot. Uh, I think it was very unique, probably more so. Maybe you have other trips like this, but we had a lot of, of board members, high-level leaders, um, people. We had one guy that worked for Lockheed, and because of the security risk, he was a retired school teacher that week. That's a whole long story. But it, the fun part is we'd eat meals together mm-hmm. and eat lunches together, and uh, people would tell stories. Everybody would listen. There was such a sharing of getting to know each other that uh, I literally would have felt bad if Scott, if I would have given him a black eye, that would have been bad. No so, kidding. Yeah, we, we had a really, gotten over it pretty quickly. <laughs> That's right. It would have been fun, but yes. Yeah. Well, 
both to President McDowell and to Dr. Fraze here, both of y'all's first time over there. Could you explain how going to a place like that, the land of the Holy One, as Dr. Long just explained, what it does to your faith? You go, you go to places that you've, you've been reading about, that you, you've heard these stories and your faith, you know, a lot, of those, a lot of those memories take place there for these people in the Bible. But what's it like going there and saying, oh, this place, this place exists and I'm seeing it with my own eyes? Well, I think there is that dimension to uh, the, the genuineness of the narrative and, and recognizing that. For me, it was not a matter of well, this is now solidifying something I had doubts about, but it was very much there were there were interesting moments of insight that were kind of for me uh, and even surprising. I've I've said to many people we went to the the Nazareth village, which is was not really an archaeological site, although they discovered some archaeological things there when they were doing some digging. And quite honestly, whenever I saw that on the schedule, I thought, oh, well, this is, this is kind of a mock-up thing. That it, It'll be all right, but that, I want to see the real stuff. But that was one of the most meaningful experiences. We go in there, and I saw a, a wine press, and we saw an internal, uh, an olive press, those kind of things. But the wine press, it was, it was part of uh, the life in Jesus' day and even before that. And... You see the, where the wine goes down to the wine press, and then suddenly the Gideon story where he's treading grain in the wine press, you understand because he's hiding. And I, I've got a picture mm-hmm. of me and Jim uh, standing down in that wine press, and it, just a nuance. It never made sense to me. What I didn't have the imagery uh, that, it, that was part of the biblical imagery and the agrarian imagery that they would have understood in a moment. And and so there were little moments like that. You're like, oh, I see that. And the same thing at that site, we saw uh, terraced farming and had an explanation of what uh, Jesus would have perhaps seen when he was talking about the parable of the sower. And you could see the packed earth of the path and little nuances like that that just made a, a lot of impact. And I think there's also... Uh, things that you've heard about your whole life and even seen images of, but to, to walk in those places and be on the Mount of Olives, even though I've seen that, that picture a thousand times, to get the scale of it and to be there personally, uh, there's a dramatic impact uh, of that. So I think it, for me, it was very much an affirmation and uh, various kind of light bulb moments. Mm. Uh, and I totally agree with that. It's the nuance. Um, you know, right after the parable of the seeds, he, Jesus talks about what the 30, 40, 60 fold, and he could explain that it was basically the energy that you would put into this vineyard is what it would produce. And it adds those little nuances to teaching. And of course, Jesse would add those nuances. And, you know, he got, we had some guides with us. Uh, we really are very fortunate because, you know, we had an Egyptologist, Egyptianologist. We had, uh, master's doctorate level people, and we also had armed guards. That's a whole different story with automatic weapons. We felt very safe, but we had, you know, if, if Jesse ever deferred to someone else, we were like, this must be a big deal. Now, a funny story before I answer this, your question, we're at Shiloh, which was one of my favorite places where the ark was. Where the, Shiloh, uh, the correct, correct pronunciation. Excuse me, Shiloh. Um, <laughs> that happened all week long. We don't know how to pronounce that's 
Louisville in Western Kentucky. Where'd you say? Where was that? Wherever that was. And yeah. um, it, it's an actual place where there's digs going on. And uh, this, she must have been in her 20s. And she was presenting and she was a little nervous. And I walked up to her to give her, you know, I said, hey, you just received a compliment from this man over here. And I got to tell you who he was. And I thought she was going to pass out. She's like, okay, what? And I said, yeah, he's, he's a real dude. And for him to say, you're doing a great job is a big deal. And she was so nervous. So I mean, we had all these people That's around cool. us to give us the nuances. Um, and there at, how do you pronounce it there again? Shiloh. Shiloh. There's an active dig going on. And of course, our archaeologist and their archaeologist talking. And we have all these pot shirts from first century, maybe a little bit before. And these two guys, okay, Dr. Long and this other fellow, we'd pick it up and go, what do you think this is? And they'd go, first century, uh, second century Byzantine. Wow. They're like, so we started, you know, we we may have smuggled some of that elite. That may be or we not in my class. We confirm nor deny. We cannot <laughs> Wait, confirm so what, nor what deny. what is it? Rocks? Or what do you say uh, you smuggled back? They, well, they look at the different levels of, they call them the tellas, and they can tell how old a dig is by the oh. pottery. Oh, gosh. And so... Um, th- those kind of things were so neat. So it, it, it it's kind of like Scott was saying, it, it didn't confirm my faith. It was just added those those elements. And we went so fast. I'm a really kind of uh, more of a mystic side. I like to contemplate. And you didn't have a lot of time to t- contemplate. So we went to Petra. Um, I just broke from the group and found myself a place up on the hill for 30 minutes. And I think that was the moment for me that I'm just, it was like, this is this is pretty awesome. Uh, to be able to walk and um, the faithfulness of God through the times, the faithfulness of God to work through broken people, mm. the faithfulness of God to bring about a that that was that's pretty awesome. One of the responses that we get often from those who participate and especially from students, I'm thinking of a student who went on our march trip when I asked, well, uh, what, what did all this mean mean for you, the experience of the land of the Holy One? And his response was that it made it more real. And there's something about being there and visiting the sites. But more than just visiting the sites, Joanne and I, in what we do on these trips, we view it as ministry. Mm. And it's something that is much bigger than visiting the sites. It's retelling the story. Mm. And one of the things that actually participants hear probably over and over again, we, we talk about the story, of course, the larger story of God, the land of the Holy One, thinking about stepping back to see what God has done in in history in these in these places but we try to do it in such a way that there's there's teaching there's scripture reading we have d- devotional times so that it's a time for recommitment it's a time for renewing uh, the covenant that that we've made with uh, with God with Yeshua with 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 Jesus and so we're really intentional about about teaching, but also retelling the story, hmm. scripture reading, devotional settings, uh, etc. And our our experience is that most everyone who comes and participates that that they're changed, and not in the sense that okay, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a different person, but actually coming back to the idea of recommitting to this walk that, uh, that we all have made to, to follow him, to follow, follow Jesus. So, so tell him when Isaiah showed up, because that was, if there was an emotional time for me, and I get emotional thinking about it because we have so many years together, when Isaiah showed up, on the Dead Sea. That I don't know if, if President McDowell felt that. That was an emotional kind of for me. That was one of the last places we could have a public devotional. Okay. Right. <laughs> but but we it, you brought it all together, and it was okay. just beautiful. Well, something that I one of the things that we when you're teaching freshman Bible that you need to do is a variety of things simply to keep freshmen away. <laughs> and so I don't know how how many years ago, but uh, I do a dramatization of of Isaiah. Of course, as we are retelling the story, we often refer to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah is in the background of the story of Jesus, and many scholars now are calling Isaiah the, the fifth gospel. And in the shrine of the book, where we see Dead Sea Scrolls and actually a facsimile, a copy of the great Isaiah scroll, and then when we visit Qumran, the place where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in those caves around, around Qumran, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah surfaces, and so one of the things that that I do is a dramatization that that I've done in freshman Bible uh, for for years, bringing the prophet Isaiah to life. But again, it's it's back to the idea of story, story of God. And this story of God is a, a story that continues. N.T. Wright says that when we read the Bible in such a way that, that we internalize the story and it becomes our story, we become actors in an ongoing drama. So it's not just what God has done, but what He is doing as we journey to these sites and places but what he is doing here in Lubbock, Lubbock, Lubbock Texas, mm. and at LCU, and what he's going going to do. So God's story is a is a powerful, powerful story. I wanted to ask you, Doctor Long, just you you saying that for for many of your students or many of your guests on this trip, they come back changed. Uh, they come back seeing something that they'll remember for the rest of their life, and it's just a part of their faith journey. You've been there 14 times. What it, What is that moment for you? And it may have changed multiple times, but what was that first moment for you where it, it made a real impact? First moment, uh, I don't know that that's uh, that I have a first a first moment, but almost almost with every trip, there is even if it's a place that we've been before, a story that we've we've talked about. I don't know. For me, on this trip, going back to Shiloh or Shiloh, going going back to 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 Shiloh, a story that when I step back and think about Scripture, a story that is my story. I, I was premature, and my mother, like Hannah, prayed. That if that if I live, that she would dedicate me to God, and so 
seems seems like this time there there was something about just sitting and in the theater watch watching the 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 movie presentation of Shiloh it 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 struck me again mm. that this is my story and anyway and from 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 trip to trip sometimes it's another story i i, I really enjoy shechem and the place where in front of the ruins of the Temple of El Barit, the God of the Covenant, which is the place where in Joshua chapter 24, Joshua leads a covenant renewal with the nation of Israel, and it's in that place in front of that temple. And we actually saw the ruins of, of that temple that Joshua says, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as me, for me and my house, mm. we will serve, we will serve the Lord. We will serve Yahweh. Mm. So being in that place and recommitting to serving the God of Israel is something that every time I'm there is it it's moving. Mm. President McDowell, y'all went to a lot of different places, fast-paced journey, but what you know, what was your favorite place or what what place you will you will you think back on like, oh I, I want to go back to there? Well, I I absolutely loved the Sea of Galilee. That whole everything around the Sea of Galilee was just meaningful to me. And the we had beautiful weather while we were there. Uh, I got up one morning to watch the sunrise coming up over the mountain on the Sea of Galilee. And so that was incredibly meaningful. We, we took a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. And uh, that was just uh, so you know, again, w- again, one of the things that lends credibility to the way that, that Jesse and Joanne do this and that the people that, that they utilize do this is that there was very little, this is the spot exactly where it happened. There was a, there was a scholarly approach to, okay, we're, we're in the neighborhood, but we don't know exactly. But when you're on the Sea of Galilee, you know, water's changed and all those kind of things. But you know, Jesus did ministry here. Jesus came out on, on this sea in his boat. You know, we, there's a, they've discovered an ancient boat over there that uh, goes back to about that time. Those are just incredibly meaningful little nuanced pieces again. So that was that was significant to me. Um, I love the the uh, the garden tomb and the uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Again, we're in the neighborhood of where the burial happened and where the resurrection happened. Mm. And so you don't know exactly, but you know it was something like this. And particularly for me, the the garden tomb is true to the narrative, at least of, that's the kind of place it was. And, of course, they've got a church built over the other one, so you can't see exactly what it was like. But that they went into the tomb. John outruns uh, Peter, but then Peter busts past John and goes into the tomb. And to see those things, that that's a layer of meaning that, okay. And, again, you knew that it happened, but to see the kind of context is was very helpful. So those those were meaningful places for me. What about some of those places for you, Doctor Fraze? Well, I, I man, I felt like I was geeking out half the time. You know, we would do something, and I would be that little kid going, "Jesse, what about this? What about this? What about this?" <laughs> and um, Jesse liked to use the word theological imagination, which I love that. And um, 
it, it, it's part of the narrative and trying to teach in that narrative. And I, I think every place from Dan to Hazor and stuff like that where you're up there and you say, okay, the, the Assyrians would have come from right there. And you could turn around and see this valley because they'd be following the water source. And I could just imagine in my mind millions. And this this is the gateway, right? I mean, millions, this is the gateway to all of Israel. And you're like, this place was destroyed. I mean, the, the rocks uh, that the Romans pulled down are, are still there, part of the walls, to go down to Hezekiah's tunnel to... Mm. to in, in some of the moving places, Hezekiah's um, tunnels was very, very meaningful. I wasn't going to bring that up. That's ask him, not me. I can't do that. Um, so you're in places where you know are still there that we can say with certainty this is there. Um, but but it was the people. And let me just explain. I mean, I, I did get inked, as you can tell. That's pretty awesome. That's um, in my notes. I want I want to get to that. In a we'll do that. Yeah. Um, but four of us sitting there at the end of the day and watching people outside of a big group, um, noticing the older Hasidic Jews and the younger and how arrogant the younger Hasidic Jews were. And I'm recalling when Jesus said the older to the youngest left, and I'm like, okay, they're playing this out in front of you. Um, it, there, there's, it, But it's the people interaction. There's these ladies who spend 24 hours a day at this stone that that's the closest you can get to where they think the Holy of Holies is, and that's their job because mm. they don't realize, like us, we are this third temple. You know, We are being built up into this temple, and they're still waiting. And there's in- incredible devotion, but then at the same time, you're like, this is kind of sad at the same time. And so you have that back and forth and respect, but craziness. But I, I think, and this is, this is crazy because I'm usually up for any conversation, but Egypt was a lot in two days. And we were tired, and I'm getting on the plane. It's about 9 o'clock at night, and I have my earbuds and my downloaded episode of the new Star Trek, Strange New Worlds downloaded, and I'm going to watch this thing. And there was a divine appointment. Um, Everybody's sleeping, and this guy next to me, an Islamic man from Egypt, uh, just starts talking to me. Mm. And it was a neat divine appointment. You know, I all of a sudden became the representative of everything about our government, representative about Christianity, <laughs> and we start going back and forth. I'm realizing God's putting this this together, and for me, it's kind of what Jesse was talking about. The story still goes on, and I struck up a friendship with this guy so much so that we kept talking at um, you know the baggage claim and stuff like that, and I. I it, it, Jesus still makes sense. Jesus, when you bring Jesus into the narrative. Uh, and I kind of went for broke for some. They'll talk to you. Hmm. I changed from Christianity, Americanism. Like, let's talk about Yeshua, and he's in your Quran and all this stuff. And he's kind of looking at me like he didn't really realize what I did until later on because I played a little bit of dirty pool. But <laughs> it, it, we found agreement in talking about Yeshua, and it was the most amazing thing. And. Um, those moments with people and being able to interact with the people, Turkish coffee. I, I drink Turkish coffee. I drink a lot of water. They looked at me. I didn't pass out. But Turkish coffee, I don't know how you would describe it. It's like half mud and then hot water and you mix it. It's, it's, it's almost like a syrupy coffee. Is that a good way to describe it? It's pretty good. And you drink a lot of coffee. I do drink a lot of coffee. I'm drinking coffee, coffee right now, but it's, you know, I would drink gallons of water, but everywhere I went, every stop, I'm like, do you want Americana? I'm like, no, I want Turkish. Huh. And so I sampled Turkish coffee 
everywhere we went. And the, it was over conversations with people. So it was really awesome. I love that. So you've heard of coffee grounds. Turkish coffee is dust. So there are no grounds. It's just it's just coffee <laughs> dissolved in water. It's the stoutest stuff you've ever seen. Yeah. So Dave hinted at Hezekiah's Tunnel. Is there any follow-up there? Are we moving past that? I can that? either confirm or deny anything about that. I'll say about, a word about that in a minute. The other thing that you know. <laughs> that was a dodge. I love it. Uh, Capernaum. Uh, yes. Uh, amazing. Caesarea Philippi. That was just remarkable. Again, some of these places that I don't know that I had the right image in my head, but you know the the water bubbling out of the headwaters of, of the Jordan that mm. aren't there anymore in the cave, but the, they've been rerouted. But that's the place where the people believe that was the gates of hell. That was the gates mm. of Hades. That's the, the entrance to the other world. And, and in that place, Jesus says, uh, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail mm. against it. That's meaningful. Herod, all the stuff that Herod did, you've still got ruins of, of Herod's uh, palace up on top. You've got uh, Caesarea by the sea, one of the most magnificent. That, that's one of the most beautiful mm. places that uh, you can understand Herod and his extravagance building a palace right on the water uh, because it's just magnificently beautiful. So there's a lot of those kind of things that were neat. The big deal, Hezekiah's Tunnel, there is a, there is a water shaft that there's speculation as to uh, exactly, you know, was this the way that David came in? Uh, but there is a tunnel underneath the city of Jerusalem. And we had talked about it building up to it. I really wanted to do it, but it's small and I'm big. <laughs> <laughs> no lights. And, and it's all, it's, I got a little trouble with claustrophobia, but I was determined to do it. And, and Jesse was so sweet. Uh, he said, well, you get up here in front with me and, and that way you won't have to be, you know, uh, afraid of people pressing you on. And so I go in and it's me and Raymond and Jesse and I get about three steps in, get my feet in the water. It's flooded up to about your knees. Oh, wow. Uh, not at that point. And I go in just far enough to see, <laughs> I can't do this. And I chickened out and was out of there. And uh, so we walked the long way out, but I, I hate that I missed it. I think I could do it if it was just me mm -hmm. and you know one other person I knew I could go backwards, but I just, I had a panic. It is. It it gets pretty squealy. I I did have to say Jesse let me smuggle a. Uh, I, I spent a lot of money for this reason because Jesse would say you need this for teaching. So I now have a prayer shawl. I got all kinds of stuff. I did get a ram's horn. It's shofar. Yeah, yeah. And so I put it in my pocket when we went to Masada, and I'm like, I, can I blow this thing up there? And he's like, oh good. So I, when I was at the high place, I blew it, and I I can blow a shofar. I mean, I'm not Jesse Long yet, but I'm getting close. Dave that has was fun. a lot more talent than appears on the surface. <laughs> yeah, that's I hide that. So uh, let's get to the tattoo thing. Yeah, I see. You know, Facebook people that are friends with you saw a few weeks ago. There's just a picture of you and Bill Bundy. You guys get these tattoos. Where did you get them? What was the story? And I heard Dr. Long had to proofread it for you after to make sure the well, spelling I, was Well, he correct. proofed it, and then I double-checked it. He said, I had to ask, uh, is it uh, Murad? Murad, because I got Shekinah, which is the indwelling glory of God. I, I picked that word. I, I'm, not, I'm a Greek guy, not a Hebrew guy. So um, I definitely went to the source and then... Went to another source, so I had two, and then the guy actually at the tattoo parlor, it's the oldest tattoo parlor in Jerusalem. It's been around since the 1300s, and for the fifth generation, the Razooks have been doing it. So they're actually Christians, and people travel all over for a pilgrimage tattoo. 
And so, you know, Jerusalem Cross, things of that nature. Uh, Lisa, her friend Darlene, Raymond, myself, and Bundy all got inked at different times. And of course, I, I read to them, you know, from yes. Leviticus that, of course, <laughs> you're not supposed to... And it was funny because they tried to get me, and I didn't have my glasses because these two guys were going to set me up, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses. I really can't read. And so what? when Bundy got it a week later, Bundy, hook, line, and sinker read it. Can you please have our devotional thoughts? It's Scott's idea. Well, so it is. Jesse all along (laughs) is seeding in various passages of Scripture. We all are on the bus getting ready to get off to the next place. And it was all meaningful. And so this was perfectly played because Jesse asked, uh, uh, Bundy to read it's Leviticus 19 I think 38 is the text that sa- says something about tattoos but he led had him read the f- two or three verses up above it so it's all kind of like you know there were multiple times where somebody would be reading something for Jesse thinking why am I reading this and then it would all make sense <laughs> and Bill is Bill is literally gets to the part about tattoos and he, he coughs and chokes and st- chokes on the word and we just had a good laugh. And then Jesse shared the passage from Isaiah that talks about <laughs> God writing our name on his hand. So he gave him a little bit of an out. Gave <laughs> awesome. him an out. That's but good. pretty fun. So a cool part, going back to the people thing, there was an 80—she uh, was at least 87. She was an Iraqi Christian. And when she lived in Iraq, she never could go to the land of the Holy One. Well, because of the war, she's in Canada. Well, now this 80-something-year-old lady and probably 79-year-old sister— uh, show up at this tattoo parlor way after time. We were an hour late, and Mr. Razooks actually said, if y'all weren't late, I couldn't do that for this couple because they see it as a ministry. And actually, he goes mm-hmm. and he does Sturgis bike rides, <laughs> uh, Christian bicycle, you know, bicycle, motorcycle gang. But, I mean, she's brittle-skinned, and her kids were the only ones I could understand, and they were really concerned, and her smile was so infectious. And we just sit there and watched it because... Literally her whole life, she's lived in a country that was oppressive, and now she's in Jerusalem for the first time. Her sister and her got matching tattoos, and he was so tender with her, and you could tell she was in pain, but she was so proud of that. And he even had a good deal. We didn't do this because it was some kind of pilgrimage thing. It was something that you know I've been wanting to do, and I really love that word and the meaning of it. But to, to, to be there in that moment really was pretty awesome at that place. <laughs> That's fantastic. So we had a little more fun, too, because I— as as David lets you know, when it's on there in ink, when it's permanent, you want to make sure you get it right, especially <laughs> when you're talking about Hebrew that reads right to left, not left to right. And so, you know, Bill was all paranoid that he was going to get it wrong. And so the morning the morning of at breakfast, I said, now, Jesse, we can go in there. And he shows it to you. Say, well, that's pretty close. <laughs> and he did just that and delivered it well. And Bill was Bill was kind of unfazed, but Dee was like, it, it, you mean it's not exactly right? <laughs> awesome. And, you know, Jesse always gives us a hard time, but, you know, I've known Jesse for a number of years, and Jesse can say things to zing you because everybody – I mean, we got people that are, like, close to – you know, if there is an Isaiah on campus, it will be Jesse Long, and they're such a sweet couple. But they can zing you good because you're not expecting yeah. it, and that makes the trip. You got to keep your head on a swivel. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm sure every individual trip, Doctor Long has its own set of memories that that will stick with you. And I'm sure the oh, ones, the, the stories these guys just told right. about the tattoos are probably part of this trip. But were there any other memories just from this most recent trip that that you'll remember? Well, there are a few things that I probably will try to forget, but 
I guess uh, one of the things that always stands out, or at least has the the last few trips, is the time that we spend at Yardinit, a baptismal site mm-hmm. on the Jordan. And that's always something really special. And one of the things that I appreciated this time is that Dave was the one who did the baptizing. And it was really special to see how he was relating to those who wanted to be baptized. Of course, we frame it as covenant renewal, Mm. as a reminder of the covenant that we have made with Yeshua in baptism. And it's always especially really fascinating and moving with the question, well, how long has it been since you were were baptized since you became a Christian. And you'll hear 50 years, 60 years, five years, 10 years. And there's there's some, something special about renewing that commitment that we all have made with, uh, with our Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And Talk- so that's, that's something that I'll remember. And I'll especially remember you, Dave, mm-hmm. and... Uh, your relationship with those who were being baptized. So when uh, when is the next trip, Doctor Long? Are y'all starting well, to plan the next one? We're looking at June of of next year. Fantastic, uh, twenty twenty three. Right now. So, uh, President McDowell and Doctor Fraze, what would y'all say to someone who's thinking about maybe trying to trying to go on this trip? I would say if you have an opportunity to go on a trip that Jesse and Joanne Lee, Long lead, do it. Uh, I think it's all about the the people that are part of that, and and I know that experience. Uh, I can't compare it to anything else because it's my one and only trip. But uh, I know that experience was remarkable, and I do think uh, that you know there were there were plenty of of people willing to be charlatans in that context. We saw some of that playing out uh, with some. Uh, vendors and different things, but uh, the the authentic uh, measured approach that they had was just mm. magnificent. And uh, I think uh, I'm gonna always be a fan of the, the the community of the LCU people that go. It's a pretty special group. And I'm gonna I'm gonna smack talk a little bit when I say this um, here in a second. But um, you know Raymond and Lisa in their office do a really good job with the alumni yes. and really good job with that and hopefully those those two can continue to do what they do because it's really special um, Jesse and Joanne I think when you have all that together and the expertise and how to work with people because um, there's always challenges we had young and old and all kinds of people and um, they just you'll be very taken care of it's well worth the money and I think the level, and you've heard Scott and I both say this, that the level of expertise it's brought is pretty incredible. And we were actually at Jacob's Well, and I ran into some people that um, used to be a part of the church I worked at and were part of another university, I'll say that. And I'm thinking, they, they don't have what we have. They're having a great time. It was wonderful. And they had some, you know, another New Testament guy kind of like me, but I kept thinking, they don't have Jesse Long. And th- there's just an X factor to that. That uh, and, and again, he's going to downplay this just a second because there is a humility. But it, it is it, it, when he opens his mouth, you're like, I, "This guy knows what he's talking about," and and he's been here and he's he's had digs, but he does it in such a pastoral way and in in 
and working with the tour groups, um, I I think is truly special. And so I say jump on it as soon as you can. You can get a hold of you know Jesse and Joanne, but Raymond and Lisa are probably kind of get on a list with them, and they can answer your questions. It's a great trip. And I will say safety was a big deal too. I, you know, that's always in the back of your mind when you go to the Middle East. Is this going to be safe? And that was really completely removed from my consciousness. Absolutely. I felt safe the whole time. Yeah. And I think that what I would like to say is that God has blessed us, blessed me and Joanne, with so many special experiences in the land of the Holy One, in Israel, Jordan, also in Egypt. And we take pleasure in sharing these experiences with others. But it's not about us. It's it's about the story. It's Mm -hmm. about God who God is, what he has done, and what he is doing. What he is doing in the land of Israel, but what he is doing in our lives, what he's doing at LCU and and on this campus. And we have been blessed with the opportunity of sharing the land of the Holy One in such a way that God comes to life again for all who participate, but also students and others as we share our experiences. Story of God comes to life, and it continues as we share what He has done and is doing for us all. Mm. Well, thank you, Dr. Jesse Long, and thank you to Joanne, Dr. Joanne Long as well, for what you do on these trips and what you do for LCU. And I can just hear from listening to President McDowell and Dr. Frey today what what a blessing it is to these guys and everyone else. So thank you, and thank you for the conversation this morning as well. Jesse likes to say God's Word is awesome, and and He believes it, and that comes out. That comes out, and it's it's fun. There's a, you know, uh, it's it's enjoyable to me. I, I love preaching. I love God's Word, and I love to see somebody that is as passionate about Scripture as Dr. Jesse is, and Joanne as well. But it's it's just fun to see him get so excited about mm-hmm. the text, and it comes to life. And that's that is that's genuine joy, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a hallmark of this thing. Yep. Dr. Frey's President McDowell, thank you guys for being here this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kiki. Thank you all for listening to the LCU podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Send it to somebody that you know. Uh, Please subscribe and follow and look for more content coming soon on the LCU podcast. We hope you have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.